coffee and your Bible. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today is February 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitt. Okay, Saints, while you guys find us and get on here, we're going to sing This is Amazing Grace.
problem with only practicing a part of the song before you sing it. Then my brain was like, no. I don't remember the first yeah, no, words. Yeah, I we had two issues because she goes, what are the words? So then we start singing. Then I go to breathe in and my hair went like <laughs> into my throat. And <laughs> I, I like that part of the song. It says, you, you laid down your life that I could be set free. Amen. So we're to live, who, who the son is set free is free indeed. Free indeed. Even from the little goof ups that happen, it can, you can let it bother you. Or you can live in the freedom that we have in Christ and just not worry about it and be like, it's, you know, it's okay, it's fine. Refocus your mind, refocus your heart on the Lord, on His plan for things, and walk in the freedom that He's given us. Amen. Good word, doctor. Hallelujah. Boo. Oh, hi, guys. So part of our group out there is in a prayer meeting this morning. This is Thursday morning, so they'll be meeting for prayer this morning. I pray God blesses their prayer. And I hope they're praying for me and you and us. Glory, hallelujah. This is amazing grace. Amen, Angela. It is amazing grace. And uh, beautiful way to start today. Thank you, Bob. Hallelujah. God is good. All right, guys, we are going through the book of Titus. Let me say again, according to your notice where you are signed on from. Uh, after a while, so we're broadcasting at five different places, like three places on Facebook, two places on YouTube. And so notice where you're signed in from because we will be reducing it down to the Church Without Walls sites on YouTube, the Church Without Walls site on Facebook. So I, will, I hope that you be sure to follow and be part of that. One of the reasons that I have to do that is because I can't catch everybody's comments because they're at different places. And so it's received good advice to bring it back down. But I want to er let everybody know so that you can be sure that you're following where you're following from, where you're watching from, and be sure that you're subscribed or following from that place. Everybody tells me that YouTube is better about notifying you and actually finding it if you're on YouTube. Now, we have less less viewers on YouTube, but they say it's more faithful in making sure they notify you. All right, that being said, guys, we are in the apostle, uh, the apostle's letter to Titus. And uh, we're jumping in here, but I can't, I still can't run through it extremely fast. So today I've, I've just kind of called this part two of setting things in order from yesterday uh, because it's very important. This is what we call a pastoral epistle. I shared that with you. This is uh, kind of a leadership letter, uh, which is important. I mean, this coming Sunday, we will be ordaining elders at the Hartsful campus of Church Without Walls, uh, Providence Community Church down there in Hartsful. And so this is timely. Uh, but what is going on in the letter and why is the apostle Paul writing to Titus? And who is Titus? Now we got to verse 4 yesterday. It says to Titus, a true son in our common faith. That's the new King James. Uh, the old King James would say, mine own son in our common faith. Basically, what he's, it, it seems to suggest, it suggests that 
Titus come to faith through the preaching of Paul and was converted under Paul. But though he was converted under Paul, he becomes a faithful minister and a fellow companion of Paul. And this is important. So I jotted down some notes to be sure to talk about, about Titus. So he becomes one of the early church leaders. He's a trusted companion of Paul. Uh, with Paul and Barnabas, he is one of the ones, when, when you go through the book of Acts, and there's a dispute that rises in the early church. One of What I call the first council of the church is called over an issue of circumcision. And what the question was is do Gentiles, when Gentiles come to the faith, do they have to become Jews, really, is the point. A Gentile that comes to the faith, does he have to become a full-fledged Jew? Does he have to become circumcised and then keep all the law? And, and be, in every way, become Jewish is what the reality is. When they say become circumcised, that's what they're talking about. Because what would happen in the Old Covenant, under the Old Covenant, you would become circumcised and you would become a Jew. And so the question arose in the early church, does that still have to happen? Now, he is not named in the party of Paul and Barnabas that goes up to Jerusalem to consider that matter. It just says others went with them. But when you study the book of Galatians, you find out that he was in the party because Titus went with them up to Jerusalem to the elders, to the apostles, to consider this matter. Some of the Jews said, some of the believing Jews. So all of the early church was Jewish. You have to understand this. And so the question was then, it was, we have our questions now, but the question at that time was, okay, now these pagans are becoming Christians. They're believing in Jesus, Yeshua. They're believing in Jesus. Jesus is Jewish. He's the Jewish Messiah. So as it goes out in the gospel, the preaching of the gospel goes out into the world, and people like Titus becomes believers. He's a Greek and he becomes a believer and a follower of Jesus. So the question is, some of the Jews said, yeah, yeah, they, we need to command them that they need to be circumcised and keep all the law of Moses. Paul and Barnabas said, no, they don't. And there was an argument. And so the church at Antioch said, hey, you guys go up to the apostles. It's really cool if you think about it. Go up to John and Peter and go up to these guys and ask them, I mean, they walked with the Lord and asked them what they think. So they had the, the Council of Jerusalem where they concluded, no, Gentiles do not have to be circumcised. Uh, matter of fact, they, they wrote a letter and, and published it throughout the churches. Then there was like four things. They're like, okay, uh, they need to abstain from fornication. They need to quit eating things sacrificed to idols, uh, don't, as far as the food laws, don't eat anything strangled. Uh, that was in the law. If you just find dead animal, you're not supposed to eat it, right? Uh, it was unclean. And what was the fourth thing? Do you all remember the four? Abstain from sexual immorality. Yeah, abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, anyway, the point was that they were not going to command Gentile believers to be circumcised. Now, this is very important because Titus was a Greek. And then in the letter Galatians, matter of fact, we'll, we'll, let's turn back to Galatians. We'll read this. 
the book of Galatians chapter 2, starting with verse 1, it says, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet, verse 3, yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. In other words, when we went up to Jerusalem, the leaders of the church did not compel Titus to be circumcised. And so this became a point of, of uh, contention in the early days. And so Titus was a leader. He was a pastor, becomes a leader and a faithful leader of the church, but he was a Greek. He was an uncircumcised Greek. Now, I could say to you that these things come back even today. These arguments are going on today again. That's another discussion. If you want to know more about it, contact me privately, and I'll tell you about these things. So, uh, so they go up. And so Titus becomes living proof of the fact that you can be a leader in the church and be a, a, a good Gentile believer in Jesus, and you didn't have to become circumcised. Now, what had happened here in Crete? Uh, let's read verse 5. Well, let's finish verse 4. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. That's important. We'll talk more about We'll come back to that. Verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Now, this we need to talk about this a little. We need to talk a little bit about Crete. Now, Crete is an island outside of Greece, and Crete was a... Uh, well, where did the gospel get there in the beginning? Okay. So if you want to turn with me, I know we're turning a little bit, but this is important. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls out on the day of Pentecost. And in Jerusalem, there are people from all the nations. Now, if we read this, they are astonished because with the, the miracle of the pouring out of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost was that as these Galileans are preaching the gospel, everyone is hearing in their own language. Wow, what a miracle. So let's pick that up with verse 7. So I'm in Acts 2, 7. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthenians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pont Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, and the parts and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Now, proselyte was a Gentile who had become a Jew. Proselytes, look at verse 11. Cretans, New King James Version, uh, King James Version would say Cretans. Cretans and Arabs, 
we hear them speaking in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said they are full of new wine. So let's go back to our letter. So to understand from the day of Pentecost, they heard the preaching and many were saved. And what happened? They went back home. So there's these believers were on the Isle of Crete. These Cretans became believers there. And there were believers then in the island, right? There, but these were Jews that would have been at Jerusalem for Pentecost. Because that's, that's why they were there. They came up for Passover and Pentecost. They went to Jerusalem. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out. They hear the gospel. They believe. And many people believe. And then they go back into their countries. Well, it says here, going back to the letter, it says in verse 5, for this reason I left you in Crete. So evidently, Paul did some. Now, now Titus was with Paul on his third missionary journey. So he was a traveling companion of him. And it appears to me, I believe, they spent some time on the island of Crete. Because people say, well, he sent Titus there, and that's that's fine. I agree with that. But it says he left him there, which kind of suggests to me, I kind of believe they were both there, and they did some work there. And then he says, you stay, and I whether he stayed or he sent, he gave him a commission to set things in order. Mm -hmm. What's up? <laughs> he gave him a commission to set things in order that are lacking and appoint elders. Why? Now, we're going to get to this a little later, but let me jump in here to explain. This is very important. Over the period of time, the island of Crete was a very popular island at this time, of course, it was a very wicked island, okay? So yes, there was Jews there, and there were believers there in Jesus, but there was a problem going on on the island. There was a mixture. They were mixing their thoughts and beliefs about Jesus with their thoughts and beliefs about the mythology gods. In other words, I've jotted down, I looked some things up to be able to share with you. So he leaves him in Crete to straighten out things. What was, what was wrong there? Well, to get a little history of Crete. So Crete was, the, the majority of them believed that the majority of gods, they were believing that the majority of the gods were born on this island. But most specifically, they believed Zeus was born on this island. And so Zeus was a main deity. And they taught that Zeus was a womanizer he was a liar. He was, uh, he did what he wanted. He was a man who became God, so to speak. And there was a mixture of, if, if we could hear it in today's language, people was taking the true Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, and then were taking their cultural beliefs and they were mixing them together to make up who they believed Jesus was and then worshiping that way. Does that make sense? It's kind of like today, uh, we have the same thing happening today. Now, we, we wouldn't say it was mixing with other gods, but what I'm saying is people take Jesus and then they kind of put their own beliefs in with what they think Jesus is like. Like, I hear people, I've heard people say, well, my Jesus ain't like that. There you go. 
Who is your Jesus? You know, my Jesus wasn't this, my Jesus wasn't that, my Jesus does it. Well, okay, but is your Jesus the Jesus that is taught by Scripture? Or is your Jesus a mixture of the scriptural Jesus and then a mixture of the wants and needs of the culture you live in? Do we add on to him? Right? And so this is one of the problems that we will see a little later. So the, the Christians were known for being wild. They were known for being liars. They were known for being sexually promiscuous. But all that comes from their feelings of Zeus. And there was this mixture going on there. And so Paul leaves Titus in Crete to straighten out the church, to help the church get in order. See if I jotted down anything else. Okay, well, good. So then he says, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Now, like we shared yesterday, there was a network of house churches in Crete. You wouldn't think of churches like you think of today, but it was more like uh, the the Christians were one. They, They saw themselves as one, okay? And so in each city... You wanted to have elders in each city. It, it isn't like today where there's every kind of different denomination. So you got elders of this denomination, elders of this denomination, elders of this denomination. It was like elders of the church. There was just it was just one church. And it was just seen as one church. And in each city, so in each little city, he said, I want you to appoint elders in each city. And these elders later are going to be called bishops. And it means an overseer, one who is watching over the church, one that is um, keeping the church in the right doctrines and leading in the right practices of the Lord. So he says, I want you that you need to set in order things that are lacking and appoint elders in each city as I commanded you. Then that brings us to verse 6. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word that he hath been taught, that he might be able or may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So the job of the elders then that he is putting in place is to help straighten out the church and remember, what's the problem with the church? Well, it is apparent that the church had become like the culture of Crete. And rather than the church changing the culture, the church was being changed by the culture. And it appears that there were leaders, Judaizers, 
that were leading and becoming leaders. And Paul wants to get that straightened out. And this was very important for Paul. And I am way over time. Okay, so we will cut off there. And we'll take up with six tomorrow and talk more about that. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here this morning. She did. Okay, we just received the word. He said thank you for support for the surgery, but she didn't make it. She did not make it. So Brother Nadim, the pastor brother in uh, Pakistan, has passed on. His sister has passed on. She they were burnt, burned, and we sent some help over there to help with the surgery, uh, but she did not make it. So let's lift up our brothers in Pakistan. Father, we lift up Brother Nadine to you. We ask for comfort for him, that you will help him and bless him and Sana in this time. God, please be with them and help them and uh, comfort them. And Lord, we thank you for the comfort that came to the Fisher family yesterday during the funeral. Thank you for your blessings upon our family, blessings upon our brothers and sisters. We love you very much. We thank you, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, to be with us in Jesus' name. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. All right. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for being here. I could, uh, maybe today I could just put this out to you. I know you guys love me and love our family. I feel like I've been under quite a bit of extra stress today. And it feels like the enemy it keeps bringing more things to stress me out into my circle. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we just feel it more than we do others. There's a lot going on in our life right now. And a lot of good things, but a lot of things to take care of. And, I, you know, post-COVID, sometimes I feel like my mind is not as sharp and as sharp as it used to be. And so that's becoming kind of a battle for me. Sometimes I feel I'm, I've been feeling lately like my memory is not very good. And um, so if you just throw up a prayer for me, I appreciate it. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. And I'll try not to go as long tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry about this. All right. Love you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye.